When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? talking about 2000s cherry falls a movie that uh is currently considered the most expensive television movie ever um through a series of uh mpaa issues where this movie was only released uh on television um and then later put out on dvd properly so scott you picked this one how about you let us know the reason why so i have a story to tell about the the struggle that it was to finally fall into cherry falls okay. um so <clears throat> originally i was going to have last week's slot uh august 16th which was to be my birthday pick because that was my birthday weekend but then something happened with the scheduling i don't i think matt like pops i just up. fucked up i, I yeah. put i put two movies down as the same day on the trello schedule and didn't realize it until later yeah so no no worries no love lost so i was like okay i'm not getting a birthday pick so i um am going more along the lines uh so i was originally going to do troll 2 for my birthday pick it, it was between that and buffy the vampire slayer and i thought mm, troll 2 is a little bit more ridiculous we've talked about it so many times in the last how many years that Matt and I have been recording together that uh, it was about time. And then I rethought it and I'm like, you know what? There are a ton. I mean, I, what can we fucking add to, to a discussion of troll two? you know, like we've already yeah. talked about best worst movie and we've talked about troll. I don't really think that, I mean, and troll is actually a watchable film. Whereas troll two is just a hot mess. 
and I've never actually seen all of Troll Two, and so I was like, eh, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm not going that route. So if anybody ever wants us to l talk Troll Two, you're gonna really have to campaign hard because I don't think there's anything for us to say that hasn't been said a million times by every other horror movie podcast, and there are a lot. Was like, okay, I'm not having a birthday pick now, so let's think more along the lines of school, like back to school. Uh, and then I'm like, okay, well, fuck me. I need something that I can really, you know, get into that, that kind of is one of those forgotten, doesn't have to be a gem, but has to be forgotten. Uh, that doesn't, hasn't been, you know, talked to death about on other podcasts. Cause that's really, we really toe that line with, uh, nostalgia, but also trying to do something fresh that hasn't been discussed by everybody else. And, um, I fell on Cherry Falls. So, I remember Jay Marr as a cross-dresser and the one line that I, I'm just going to get out of the way. The part of the movie that I wanted to discuss more than anything was when Alan M or whatever from Josie and the Pussycats comes up to the door and goes, why are you wearing lipstick? And Jay Marr goes, because it makes me pretty. Because uh, <laughs> I, I ask that, Megan that sometimes and she says it back because she's the best wife ever. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So Cherry Falls is kind of one of those movies. It's like Call Me By Blondie. It's that one where you forget its existence. And then when it comes back, you're like, oh, fuck, yeah, that. It's like the snap, like Brian yeah. has talked about. So that's why I picked it. But I also am apologetic to you two guys because it's not a very good movie. <laughs> well, so here's the thing. It it is and it isn't. And we'll we'll get into that. But so the concept of the movie is that there's a killer who is targeting virgins specifically. Um, and we open with a guy pretending to be an alien. And I wrote, are you trying to tell me that the guy pretend to be an alien is a virgin? That's impossible. <laughs> like, but uh, it, it's it's a very surrealistic. Um, I, I saw someone say that of the post scream movies, this is the one that feels the most fleshed out. Uh, like, it's not just like, let's just do what scream did. Um, and I kind of agree with that because you compare this to like, a disturbing behavior or a I know what you did last summer or an urban legends and they're all kind of just doing the same thing that scream did this I felt like took the meta-ness of scream and pushed it one step further which is kind of cool the problem was that there was some dispute with the script so from what I figured out in the script the concept was that the orgy was going to happen, but everyone was going to be under sheets and Brittany Murphy would be running through this house as blood kept appearing in the sheets as like people were just getting slaughtered in the blankets. And it was supposed to be this artistic concept. That's fantastic, though. The director was like, no, we need hyper realism. Show everything. And it was this super gratuitous NC-17 orgy where you saw everything well then the nba was like yeah no go on that my friend so he had to cut all of the nudity out of out of yeah the there's orgy no team. naked there's there's nothing in this movie like yes. for a movie about teens losing their virginity no one gets naked the closest you get is britney murphy takes off her top but she's still wearing a bra it's so yeah. odd so they had to cut all of the nudity out and at this point 
you know, the slasher thing had started to die down. And because of all that, it basically just was on television. They, they premiered it on television and then released it on VHS and the DVD until Scream Factory saved it and put it out on like a really big collector's edition release was just a double disc with some movie called Terror Tract, which was a anthology film starring John Ritter. So it really just was forced into obscurity. And I think that it is someone referred to it as one of the better teen slashers from this time period, but also the least watched of all of them. Um, and I kind of agree with that, that sentiment. It's not a masterpiece, but none of these movies really are except for scream, <laughs> yeah. but, but it <clears throat> is fun. It, I like they, they have characters. That I love, I love Timmy, the like gossip colonist. Oh yeah. The, the flamboyant gay man. Dude, yeah. He's so awesomely nineties dated. Yeah. Oh yes. Said. And I love the fact that he has like this odd eye makeup on when you first meet him. It's a couple dots right by his his eyebrow. Yeah. Oh, he's so funny. Yeah. And like just just like that scene, and then you immediately jump into Jay Moore telling the students about the murders. And he's like, and I'm th- sure th- that conversation is so ridiculous. That that whole scene feels very scream to me though. Oh, very much so. There's that scene where, you know, you find where the comedy is uh, because apparently the script was originally very, very funny. And the director cut down. He wanted to keep the satire, but he didn't want the comedy. So he cut a lot of the jokes out. Um, But there's scenes that make me laugh. Like when he's like, does anyone have any thoughts? And the girl goes in sixth grade, I had a fight with Rod and I told him to fuck off and die. And then she just blubbers it's so great <laughs> and then you see dj qual yeah who's yeah. barely in this movie yeah i, I was that's i completely forgot he was there oh and then we also get jay Mar- moore's sideburns which are horrid they look so <laughs> bad on him like i am a man that has had sideburns since 1996 and i will say that or 97 i suppose um and i will say i i've had times when my sideburns look bad but i hope to satan that they never looked that bad <laughs> I, I am a big fan of one of my favorite actors who never blew up, uh, Michael Weston, uh, who plays Ben, the uh, the weird kid in school. Uh, uh, yes. who, you've, who you've seen in every Zach Braff project because yeah. he's one of Zach Braff's best friends. Is he the yeah, one that go, when him. the girl's like, how can you be so insensitive? And he goes, I find experience attractive, okay? Yeah, that was a funny line. That was a funny line. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's great. He's the cop he's in um, – in Garden in State. In Garden State, yeah. 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 Penny, you're a cop now? The last time I saw you, you were doing blow off a toilet. Ah, la, 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 la. <laughs> and he's also the star of one of my favorite terrible comedies, Evil Alien Conquerors. He is. <laughs> Wait, he was in that? He's the star. He's the yeah. guy who finds the evil aliens. <laughs> Do you know about the cow? <laughs> <laughs> my, my favorite line in that movie is when he shows them the mag. They find the uh, the Playboy, and he keeps screaming nudies about it. But then he's sleeping. The one alien's sleeping, and he goes nudies, nudies, <laughs> nudies. <laughs> he goes, "Hey, buddy, what's going on over there?" He goes, "Nothing. I had no dreams." <laughs> um. But he also has the line where the the rumors going around that the one girl sucks a lot of dick. And oh yes, can, can I please say? Can I please say the line? Yeah, you can done. say. It. She goes, "Is it true?" 
Oh no 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 no! It's it's when they're having the fight, and he goes, Annette, it's a compliment when a guy says you can suck a mean dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was gonna say his joke that he has, where she goes, "Is it true?" And he goes, "No, she thinks Fellatio is a Shakespeare character." <laughs> that is a good yeah, one. and that's that's uh, Timmy, right? He says that. No, that's um, that's that's Ben. Oh, okay. Mike, Michael West Weston's character who is 100% right. Like he is the Randy of this movie. They knew what they were doing oh, yeah. with him right out the gate. Yeah. Uh, but the movie, like it's, it's fun. It's got like a nice pace. I like the characters. Um, but Brian and I both had the same situation, which is that we had seen this movie a long time ago. And like, I, I only remembered one scene and we'll get there when we get there. But uh, as soon as Jay Moore popped up, I was like, Oh God, I remember how this ends. <laughs> yeah oh you hadn't remembered i didn't no, remember I the only... yeah i forgot but as soon as i saw them it all came flashing back to me i was like oh wait i remember a lot of scenes from this suddenly but uh, scott i do have to apologize because i know i offended you uh when i no, said I what a, a dumb a movie quote, i have a quote from brian that i i it's it seared into my brain because you've said it more than once. Um, but we, they were, I was on vacation in Canada and they were, they, Brian and Matt were messaging me saying that they were watching the movie and Brian's like, what a dumb movie, but I'm really forgiving of slashers. And I'm going to, I'm going to keep that in my back pocket forever. I am very forgiving of slashers. I love slashers, but I also thought it was a dumb movie as I was watching it. Because I completely forgot the, the the story behind why Jay Moore was the was the killer. Yeah, and it was just like it's the teacher. What a dumb fucking movie. I was just like thinking like uh, I don't know. I was just afraid it was gonna be like uh, that M Night Shyamalan movie, like The Devil, where it's like oh, it's the old woman, and it, of course it is because yeah. it doesn't make sense that it is. But they actually give a reason. I get it. Yeah, they actually have a reason. Saying. Although the 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 story behind it just seems like such a made up like like it's just such a ridiculous if somebody raped someone made up story where it's like yeah they just they held me up and just threw me on top of her in and out. But I knew what I was doing. <laughs> yeah, I was like, and you know it, things just happened. Um, but. I, I mean, I, I, this movie has so many, just like the dialogue is so fun. There's that one line where they find out. So they have a teacher's, uh, a parent conference. <laughs> and it's just let, a brawl. Well, cause the one guy's like, what am I supposed to do? Lock my daughter up? And the one guy goes, ah, I don't think that's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they get into a fight and that's when the students find out that it's, uh, that they're targeting virgins, right? Uh, and the killer starts chasing Brittany Murphy. But thank God this school has a gigantic shark battering ram. Oh, because... my God. <laughs> because that's amazing. But she gets arrested. We have the scream scene where she's in, she's held in the in the jail uh, being interviewed. And then her friend comes in to, like, tell her information. She goes, everyone knows there's going to be a huge party. It's going to be a Hyman Holocaust. <laughs> uh, yeah dude you're and missing I, a couple other ones too that 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 girl also um she has a crush on ben right yeah uh, she has a crush on his friend mark 
Ah, okay. So, and and uh, she's like, Brittany Murphy's like, all you do is sit and watch him eat. And then the girl goes, my parents have been married for 25 years and all they do is watch each other eat. <laughs> <laughs> but also there's a character whose name is Kenny Ascot. Yeah. Yep. Which just sounds like he's part of the Scooby gang. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I, I want Kenny Ascot to show up in the new Scooby-Doo. So are, <laughs> is, is her going to the microfiche? Um, is that after she gets out of jail? Uh, I think she's so, like, yeah. Mom. What? What happened, Mom? What happened? Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's after. It's okay. really um, unfortunate that Brittany Murphy died. For her short life died, but like, she really didn't know her talent. I feel like in a lot of like things that she was in, she's above this movie. She really she, is. Listen, this this is one of those movies that she probably did to for the paycheck i mean she was trying but also there is some really okay this is this is not really a chronological discussion for this movie but rather a, an overarching theme that i find quite uncomfortable uh this the daddy daughter dynamic of this movie is oh yeah really weird so um she just i mean Brittany murphy is a 25 year old 17 year old in this movie which is fine yeah. um and she's I mean, I, I find Brittany Murphy incredibly attractive. She's definitely my type, was definitely my type. Um, with round face, dark hair, kind of pouty lips. You know, it's I, I have a very specific type we've discussed before. So in any <laughs> case, uh, so she, but she also is not wearing a bra in a lot of the parts, except for the part where she takes her shirt off. And there's this one part when she's sparring with her dad, which it is useful for her at the end to kill the killer. Um, but she's not wearing a bra and I'm like, wouldn't you want to fucking have, if you like, call me weird, but if I was sparring with my daughter, with my teenage daughter who now has a fully developed adult body, uh, wouldn't you want her to be wearing a bra? Like it's, I, I don't know. It's just odd. Um, and then because they, he falls on top of her and this is a weird half a second beat, but they like look at each other and then the doorbell rings. And I'm like, Oh God, what the yeah. fuck? And then yeah. it, it, it's over. But I'm just like, why? Why? What is the impetus for this? Yeah, it was very, it was a very, very uncomfortable scene. The whole time I was watching, I was like, what the fuck? I thought they were going to kiss. Yeah, it was Spoiler Shades alert. of your first movie that you did with us, uh, Sleepwalkers. <laughs> <laughs> so there's this, there's this joke that, there's a joke in this movie that is literally just the equivalency of a 2018 meme where the the principal is announcing that anybody who goes to this sex party will be, you know, suspended or whatever. And the camera's just filming the exterior of the school and it just keeps slowly zooming in closer and closer to where the school says like this building was erected in and then it just zooms in on the word erected and then school's <laughs> let out. <laughs> Oh man, I really wish we would have gotten the original version of this movie, which would have been like funnier and also more artsy. So, so that's the other thing is that Scream said that they did everything in their power to find the original version of the movie that was way gorier. But even the director's like, I have no clue where that footage is. Like the footage is oh, just so long just... gone. Um, but apparently, like that was the other thing beyond all the sex stuff. It was like hyper violent. And in this one, they barely show you any of the bodies. And when you see like the mutated principal's face, I'm like, man, I could have used a lot more of that. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like this sliced open face with the words carved into his forehead and everything. Like, I want more of that because it seems like the crime scenes are really gnarly. 
yeah. the way people are acting at them. Yeah, uh, but but like I have to talk to you guys about something. We did touch on this, um, on on um the part where Brittany Murphy takes her top off. How do you guys feel about that toe sucking scene? <laughs> I so I have a note. Toe sucking makes another appearance on horror movie night. This yeah. is so intense. She's like, suck it harder, harder. Heart. She's kicking him. Yeah, um, and and then she's like, don't you like my body? And I'm like, yes, Brittany Murphy, I like your body. <laughs> um, I also had a note that Kenny's feet are fucking massive. <laughs> I don't know if it was the camera angle or what, but that dude's foot looks like it was three feet long. <laughs> it is insane. Um, but yeah, so we finally get to the whole the reveal. pop your cherry party though. We got to talk yeah, about the pop your cherry. Oh, okay. Well, before we get to the pop your cherry party, there's the typical creepy basement nursery. I've seen it a million times, guys. You know yep. exactly where we're at. Yeah, you love it. Um, there's the line with Jay Moore where he's acting real nice with her while she's helping him move this trunk <laughs> into the room, which is and obviously goes, filled with the body. Yeah, and she goes, "What's in that trunk?" And he goes, "Your dad." Maybe even mine. <laughs> and it's like, ooh, that's creepy. <laughs> like, uh, but yeah, the Pop Your Cherry Party is this lovely, just, it's just like a five minute comedy piece. Yeah. Yeah. Did you write any notes down? <laughs> I didn't. So you go crazy. Okay. So DJ Qual's only line Hi. You ever play Deathquake? Yeah. <laughs> okay. But you have to wear a rubber. Um, and then there's other guys. I don't need, I didn't write down the entire quote because it wasn't funny except for him saying uh i think it was it might have been ben but or mark but he goes he said he refers to it as 10 minutes of beasting and i <laughs> thought that oh it's ben yeah because she's like i want all of your cds he's like yeah just not the import she's like imports bootlegs everything he's like no and then she grabs puts his hand on her ass he's like okay she's like and i also need your snowboard and he's like no and she puts it higher up on the ass he's like man this just seems like a lot for 10 minutes of beasting and she goes <laughs> you'd be lucky if you get 10 seconds right and he goes you'd be lucky if i don't shoot you onto the wall when oh I go. yeah oh god it's so, that's a gross line man um so here's another fun fact because this might explain dj qualls uh given the 30 day time frame to shoot the film they went over budget and behind schedule early on in the shoot many of the scenes in the original script weren't even able to be filmed because of this scenes had to be rushed during filming where they had limited time and weren't able to return to locations after they left them. This means that many scenes in the final cut were the first it only takes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And then somebody also says, I always knew he was a butt pirate about Kenny, right? Yeah. Oh, mm. have we talked about Kenny's ridiculous hair? Uh, it's fantastic. I mean, I had that hair. Well, I had sort of that haircut in, in like 99, 2000, whenever this movie came out. And I look back in shame. Hey, man, you look stylish. Yeah, you look great, too. Uh, thank you. Now it's falling out. So uh, we have the same eye color, Dad. <laughs> the Jay Moore is a horrible actor, and he's even worse in this movie. But I do love the because it makes me pretty line, which is where we're at chronologically in the film. But then he has the worst slasher tagline where he goes, and we've had, by this point, we've had, what, eight Freddy films? So you know there are a lot of really bad quips in those. But he goes, class dismissed! Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, he's God. so bad at, yeah. It's uh, it's something. This movie's something. Um, But yeah, all in all, fun movie. Uh, The Deputy, I thought, did a did a terrible job um, <laughs> yeah she's stuck and then like that final jump scare is so dumb like okay jmar is 
uh, he has been impaled on at least three large pieces of wood. There's no fucking way he's going to try and stab DJ Qual or whoever it was that goes up to him at the end. No. And then she unloads two guns into it. That him, scene made me laugh so hard. Just the <laughs> double fisted guns. Like, I was actually like playing Grand Theft Auto. But then, yeah, and then there's still like the, but is he alive? <laughs> it's like, no fucking no. way. He yeah. was Swiss cheese. <laughs> but, you know. All in all, I'm glad we finally got around to Cherry Falls. I feel like this was one that had bounced on and off of a bunch of our lists over the years. Has it? Because I had uh, completely it, forgotten about it. It was on mine a bunch, and okay. I kept being like, I need to rewatch it to see if it's worth talking about. I think it was. Yeah, it mm-hmm. was. It, I just, I hadn't seen it for so long. I'm like, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. I just remember that it was a weird twist on like a slasher movie. You know, all in all, recommend it. Um, it's not, I would say get the, the Blu-ray. I think that shout factory did a really great job with the blu-ray release Uh, a lot of great bonus features and all that good jazz put down that smartphone and listen to me i'm matthew milligan professional musician and lifelong weird owl fan each week i'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend matt kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon weird al yankovic on our show weird algorithm along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy we tackle every song every television appearance and every bit of sketch comedy al has produced in chronological order covering the good old days of my bologna and eat it the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy and everything in between as we go we're ranking the songs albums and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in minnesota so the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on weird algorithm available wherever you get your podcasts and now you know was that enough references um but now let's talk about what our double features would be and as is tradition i'll go first because it's it's really we need to get back to it where the person who picked goes first because i feel like i you know stomp on people um how dare you but yeah uh, how dare i so um actually while we were on vacay we watched the happy time murders which you megan picked and you matt did not like is that correct i so what i said here's the thing i thought it was just okay and my problem is that it leans too hard into the gross out humor and overstays on it but if they had just done it as a straight up like in the same vein of who framed roger rabbit where it's like Mm. we're doing a hard-boiled detective movie but the comedy comes from the fact that there are puppets that are also involved in it and that they're being treated as like actual sentient things I just think that that would have been better. I liked it a lot. I just thought that like there's two or three scenes that lean real heavy into like family guy humor. Oh, the, that kind the, of de- the, the silly string. Yeah. Like, which is fine, but like it kind of detracts from the rest of the movie at points. Sure. Yeah. I can see that. I mean, I really, I loved it. And, and I, this isn't, this is kind of a double up of like, what did we watch as well as a double feature? Because I actually, yes, I watched them close together, but there are some definite, overlaps in in concepts where oh, they're yeah. like pastiche you know kind of stuff and i think that it'd be kind of a fun double feature yeah no and and i do think that i think that that was another one of those movies that got very unfairly trashed in the theaters because i think it was like one of those movies that had like you know an f score by a lot of critics what? and and i was like it's like a solid b minus like i'm not saying that it's a masterpiece but like it's enjoyable it's I got mean, some flaws but 
Would I watch it again? I don't know. But I mean, I thought that it was I was laughing my balls off half the time. Yeah, I thought it was very funny. I think that the jokes work. I just think that I think that the jokes throughout it are um, inconsistent at times. Sure. But that's Um, that's pretty much any Melissa McCarthy movie. Yeah. And I think this is one of the better Melissa McCarthy movies. I think that they actually had a good character for her that wasn't just Mm -hmm. like, I'm fat. I keep falling down. Like, that's (laughs) she's not even that fat. I know. But that's like Wilson's much bigger than her. That's just like, but both of them get cast in those same things, which I'm really glad that Melissa McCarthy's taken this turn as doing dramas because she was like, I finally saw um, Can You Forgive Me? And she's phenomenal in it. Like she deserved the Oscar nominee that she got for it because she does a great job. Um, she's a way better dramatic actress than a comedic actress. Well, sometimes. here's here's the thing right. that I think that you may not remember because it's, it's not a movie that most people think about, but she did a great dramatic turn in the nines with Ryan Reynolds, who's also yeah. a comedic actor, who is a phenomenal dramatic actor. Yeah. All right. So I will say that for my double feature, I don't know why I didn't write something down. Usually I have them written down in advance. So I'm going to lean to another film that kind of in the same vein as this did a very flip on the slasher genre at that time. And say April Fool's Day would be my double feature with this. Oh, the remake of April Fool's Day? No, or no, the original? the original one from 80, 89? Uh, 86, 86 or 89. Or it was Because that was definitely a a very satirical twist on the slasher genre at that time. And this feels like it's a satirical twist on the 90s. Sure. Slasher. That's a great double feature. So w- would you go chronological so you'd go April Fool's Day into Cherry Falls? Or would you yeah. reverse yeah, it? Yeah, I, that that, I think that that works. April Fool's Day into Cherry Falls. All right, Brian, your double feature? So... I'm going to go with something that we may discuss in the future, possibly. Another movie that I haven't seen in, in very long. And I actually don't know if I've seen the whole thing. It just happened to be on TV one day. But uh, you mentioned that the one guy in it is good friends with Zach Braff. So I'm going to pick another 90 slasher with a good friend of Zach Braff. 1998's I've Been Waiting For You. Starring I've never heard of Yeah. No, I don't know. Heard of it? I don't know if it was made for TV because I didn't see it on like HBO. But uh, yeah, maybe I should rewatch it first because I saw like 15 minutes and I was very high. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, I would I would pair it with that. All right. Well, and Scott, do you have a uh, movie you want to talk about? I do Uh, because because I think Brian and I will both be talking about the same movie this week. I watched Never Hike Alone by our buddy Vince. Oh, nice. And it is so good. It is like, <laughs> it is, I, I really only have one qualm, and it's the fact that it was uh, a male character versus Jason, and I just like seeing Final Girls a lot. That's But that's just a personal preference. I think that the male actor, though he's really, he carries the whole movie, which, I mean, it's, it's an interesting concept because it's a full-length, quote-unquote, because it's uh, an hour long, but it's like there's that little bit of questionability because, yeah, it's a fan film, but um, it's 50 or 55 or 59 minutes long. So it's I guess it's considered a full length film, but it's the, it's easily the best um, fan film I've ever seen. And also one of the better Friday the 13th movies, in my opinion, I would put it up there in the top five. It's that good. Nice. And that makes me excited because. I've talked about this before. When I become friends with someone who makes film, I become nervous to actually watch their stuff because I'm like, but what if I hate it? So like, 
uh, that makes me excited. I'm going to have to watch it as well then because Vince is the shit. And, uh, you know, you heard him a couple weeks ago on our Puppet Master 4 episodes. And so. he's got a voice like butter. Oh, absolutely. Um, so we teased this last week. So let's talk about it. Stranger Things Season 3. What so a good. fucking show, man. I think it's my favorite season of the series. Hands down, by far, Megan and I agreed that it is the most entertaining. It was so good. And the, the thing was, I was iffy about it going into it. Because I was like, you know, Stranger Things Season 1 was great. I feel like Stranger Things Season 2 was just okay. And then we watched the recap before we watched Stranger Things Season 3. And I was like, Stranger Things Season 2 was pretty awesome, too. See, so the pro the biggest issue with Stranger Things season two is that there's one or two episodes that kind of add very little to the plot that yeah. just ruin the season because all the stuff with Eleven kind of going off on her own, they definitely slow down the pace of the rest of that season, and it's not it's not in a good way. Like I I don't think here's the way to word it they hadn't figured out how to properly juggle all of these characters being in different places by season two and season three, they mastered not having to have this whole ensemble together at once, but having these little pockets of mini groups doing stuff and making it all connect and be constant forward motion with that. Yeah. I, I did it was notice so cool that they all were like, I, I know some people were upset by that, but I loved it. Yeah, oh, dude, I, I want to show him just Steve and Dustin. Just <laughs> yeah. <out>. Yeah. <laughs> I did kind of ruin Jackie's night um, when I guessed on the ghouls because we were talking about Stranger Things season three. And I did point out that they really teach a terrible lesson when it comes to Steve. Because the pretty much if you're taking life, life lessons from that character, it's like if you're just a bad person and you're an asshole, you'll have it all. You have the yeah. world. Once you change and you start to have compassion, you lose everything. You work at an ice cream shop. Your best friend is a child with a lisp, and that's your life <laughs> moving forward. And you fall in love with a lesbian. I relate it so much. Pink to triangle. <laughs> Pink triangle. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I hate it, Steve, in season one and yep. in season two uh, or in season three. I connected the most with Will and Steve. I was like, yep, yep. I'm, I'm friends with a bunch of children. I keep falling for lesbians. So and I have a panic I, disorder. <laughs> I have a panic disorder and I want to I want to play video games in the basement with my friends forever. So <laughs> Scott, how did you uh how did you swallow the the last episode because you know me, I'm a little I'm a little sensitive. Matt is Nathan Lane in Birdcage. Um but you don't like <laughs> <laughs> But you don't like to feel anything. Feel feelings? Yeah. Um, Oh, I, you mean Hopper? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's not, he's not gone. I knew he wasn't gone. He's the, he's the American that they show in the post credits, the mid credits scene. I, it's... So I saw the, I saw post credits three days later after someone told oh. me. Oh, no, I knew that they were going to be there because they, it's just kind of like an expectation. It was so funny. <laughs> we're seeing Midsummer and people were like staying. I'm like, there's nothing after this. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like. Marvel has ruined people, the expectations there. And it's it's so much funnier when they don't do them and people are like wasting 10 minutes of their lives. I just, although I did chuckle. get, I did get smoked on vice for do, thinking the same thing. Like we got up and left vice and I was mocking everyone to Jade. I'm like, look at these idiots that are obsessed with Marvel sitting to the end of fucking vice. And apparently there is something at the end of the movie. 
that but yeah, that's but also like, very odd and yeah. it's like 10 seconds it's nothing crucial um so and also vice wasn't that good uh so, <laughs> i enjoyed so vice we we saw um we saw um well two of us saw a movie this weekend uh and we already talked about a decent chunk of it so i got most of it out of my system but brian and i both saw once upon a time in hollywood and i can say that it is the most quentin tarantino movie that's ever quentin tarantino'd um so i would hate it <laughs> but but i enjoyed it i i think it's a weird blend of like the best bits of Pulp Fiction mixed with the best bits of Inglorious Bastards is what Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is. So if you liked those two particular Tarantino movies, you'll enjoy it. If you hated those movies, you're definitely not going to like this one either. So wait, um, what if you liked Inglorious Bastards and don't care about Pulp Fiction? You don't hate it, but you just don't care. So it's definitely more Inglorious Bastards than Pulp Fiction, but it does the Pulp Fiction jumping around from different times to like, like, instead of telling it as a linear story, it'll be like, they'll mention something in dialogue, and then it will jump back to a couple of years ago to give you the context of that piece of dialogue, and then jump back into the linear story. Um, yeah. Which but is, it's not which is as, fine. It's not as all over as, as Pulp Fiction, for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's like definitely it's, more, it's heading in a direction, but it's, it is kind of... I, one of the reviews I said uh, that I read uh, was on Geekscape where they gave it four out of five stars and they said something along the lines of the movie proves that even bad Tarantino is very good Tarantino. Uh, and they said, like, there are points where you do feel like the movie's dragging and then you get to the last 30 minutes and all of it seems like it was worth it. Like it pays off everything so well by the end. Um, but I, I was laughing my balls off in the last like 15 minutes. It's I, such yeah. a good twist. I wouldn't even put this as bad Tarantino. I get what they're saying as far yeah. as like bad, like a not great Tarantino movie is a great movie anywhere else. Like I would probably put, um, death proof and Jackie Brown where like they're yeah, two. Those are the two that I revisit the least, but they're good movies. It's just, you, you, you expect so much from Quentin Tarantino. And, and I get that you don't, the one thing that like I get frustrated with is I got an argument with a few friends of like saying that Quentin Tarantino makes bad movies. And it's like, I just bring Led Zeppelin into it. Like I don't listen to Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin is not my type of music, but I will not say that they're not a great band. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like to not say that Quentin Tarantino isn't a very talented director. He may be a little much. He may be an asshole sometimes on set. Um, well, it's it's like I the example I always use is I get real frustrated. It's fine if you don't like the Beatles, but to say the Beatles suck is like one of those things that infuriates me because I'm yeah. like, no, 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 that's that, I, I get it. Like, but you have to accept that people a lot of things like the Beatles, Zeppelin, Tarantino, you know, yeah. fucking Stanley Kubrick. I get because I have, yeah, problems. but not for everybody. Yeah, but they're famous uh, for, and they're cult for a reason, you know. Yeah. Now I feel thing. like I'm one of those people. Damn it, because <laughs> I, I think I think Kubrick is a hack. Like I don't. It's not like oh, I don't like good. Kubrick. He's not either. my type of movie. Yeah, I, no, I, 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 I don't think, think he that, makes good movies. <laughs> I think that Kubrick, um, I think that Kubrick was able to make. Here's the thing. Kubrick is definitely a piece of his time. So it's like what he was doing in the late 60s and 70s is really impressive for like what was coming out at that time. But he never like was able to evolve with the years. So like his 80s and 90s movies are just leaning on the exact same stuff that he's always done. And it's it doesn't work, which is the one thing that I think is the difference between someone who's revolutionary and someone who's actually a talent is like 
a revolutionary can create something and do something that really fits for their time period. But someone who's truly talented can also continuously evolve with with the times while still being revolutionary. Um, that's cool. I like that. I hadn't thought about yeah. that. So that's that's the biggest strike I think against Kubrick is like, you know, is is uh you know 2001 kind of just a two-hour nonsense film yeah but so was everything that was coming out at that time (laughs) that was just the best of the nonsense art films. so here's a question though was (laughs) 2001 a space odyssey the a book for wasn't it a book first it was a book first i read the book to read it and i still don't understand (laughs) i think that it's it works well as a book but i think that the movie actually is a more um accessible version of the story the shining the has visual. taught us that kubrick does not know how to adapt books but very true i think that 2001 is a better adaptation though yeah uh, and i heard a stephen king quote about the shining that actually makes a lot of sense to me and it helped me understand my feelings for that movie is that stephen king you know no longer says that he hates the shining but he says that it's a beautiful chevy with no engine in it oh and i was yeah. like that I'm like that sums it up so because it's one like I can never take away from the fact that it is beautifully shot, but there's no like it doesn't have the heart and soul that the book has that drives it at all. Like it's just visual storytelling without emotion. Um, but yeah, so Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I don't want to talk about it too much because I don't want to spoil what it is. But it is funny. Um, everyone brings their all in this movie, and there's so many cameos just everywhere <laughs> but it is it's a good movie i'm glad i watched it it might make it into the lower tier of my top 10 but i have to see what comes out over the next like seven months but it's it's in the top 10 right now for sure it's my favorite of 2019 so far it beat yeah, out you still haven't seen book smart <laughs> i don't i don't know if book smart will beat it but i will see book smart so um, what what's what are your guys favorites of the year so so brian once upon a time is yours so far Mine's Booksmart. I, I think that Booksmart um, is such a – and I talked about it when, when it first came out, but it is it is an equal combination of a really well-written script, a really touching um, concept, a lot of, like, great comedy and jokes scattered among it, and it just it, – it explores so many different types of genres. It's not like any teen flick that I've ever seen. And I've heard a couple other people – put it as like it it was the only movie for me that when i walked out of it i was like wowed by it like i think that's the problem with once upon a time in hollywood is that i wasn't wowed by it only because i've seen everything that tarantino did so i was like okay yeah this is part for the course like i'm not blown away by this it felt familiar yeah it felt familiar where like book smart felt like completely just nothing i'd ever seen before so i was like okay I know that it's just a teen flick about two girls graduating high school, but this feels very different than anything I've seen. So that's, although I'm pretty sure that that Mr. Rogers movie with Tom Hanks is going to just <laughs> uh, skyrocket to number one. Cause I'll be crying for an hour and a half. Yeah. I I'm not when the trailer plays. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I hear that piano and I'm just like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you're basically, you sound like, uh, 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 Frank, in in return of living dead yeah. oh jesus oh, oh god jesus. Yeah, no, it's, it's bad dude i just have to hear that piano play and i'm like oh mr rogers was such a blessing to this world <laughs> the thing is is that i i 
cried when I watched Won't You Be My Neighbor, but I don't know if I really care to see It's a Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. It's I I don't know. I just feel like there's just even lines in the trail. I mean, I know they're good at trailers at figuring out what's the line, the getcha yeah, lines in there. And man, there's like two or three getcha lines where I'm like, and it's Tom Hanks. Like I saw someone bitching like, oh, Tom Hanks is just playing all these famous people. I'm like, because he's a beloved actor who can yeah, do it. Yeah. And you know, when we were driving, when Megan and I were on our road trip, um, we were talking about Anton Yelchin and, yeah. and how he was just such an insane method actor. And I said, you know, I feel like if he hadn't died, he would be our generation's Tom Hanks. And Megan said, oh, yeah, 100%. people say that. And I'm like, well, yeah. I didn't know that, but yeah. it's, it's, it's good to be in good company. But I mean, it's, like, yeah. I mean, it's super tragic and a, a huge loss to, to American cinema, wow. I would say. But Oh, absolutely. And I just think like, I love the meme that's been going around about the Bob, the, the PBS cinematic. Oh, uh, yes, that would be amazing. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, but no, I, I'm excited for that, too. I wanted to say one thing about the uh, Tom Hanks's Mr. Rogers, because um, Megan and I years ago went to a small theater to see My Weekend with Marilyn, uh, okay. which stars Michelle Williams as Marilyn Monroe. And it is a phenomenal I've heard that. Movie. I still haven't seen it, but I heard that that movie's amazing. I highly recommend it. But the thing is, is that Megan and I were sitting there in the theater, and the first five minutes of Michelle Williams, of uh, Michelle Williams as uh, as Marilyn Monroe, the voice we were like, this is like I I can't tell if it's a bad impression because the voice wasn't exactly what you were expecting and then 10 minutes into 10 minutes later you're just totally immersed and so maybe yeah. that maybe the, tom hanks as mr rogers is not immersing me yet so when, i mean i'm sure that i'll see the movie and probably in yeah. a theater because megan will want to see it um but it, well, it'll probably be the same way i think it's just one of those things where like with i feel like mr rogers is especially becoming more and more popular and prevalent uh, right now, just because I feel like I know speaking for myself, I need reminders of the the kindness that does exist in the world sometimes because you get so overwhelmed by the, the opposite the negativity and so, also how hard he fought. Like, yeah, that was the thing about the documentary that was so powerful to me was that he fought so strongly, but he was so calm. And that's yeah. something that I think that I personally need to work very hard at because I'm a very intense person. And so I, when I, when I argue for something, it sounds argumentative when I want it to sound compassionate. Yeah. And it's, it's, yeah. I, I just think that it, we need more Mr. Rogers right now. So oh, I'm yeah. excited for that. Um, but that, Oh, let's, let's talk about one thing real quick, just because I know Brian doesn't care, but I want to know Scott, did you hear the announcements, all the Marvel announcements at Comic-Con? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So what I just want to know, I was going to say, what is the thing that you're most excited about from those announcements? Because oh, you're like shit. the Marvel guy like me. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, I need to. What the? F I can't even. Uh, MCU phase four. Here. Yeah, I can just read the list. I have it. I got. Well, no, right I want to see. I, I, there's a there's a, a, a picture. There's an infographic. Uh, so some of it so it's it's the thing that um all the release dates starting in 2020 right um yeah. so i have to remember what's what so falcon winter so so do you want me to go through the timeline of it or do you want me to go through just the movies and then just the shows or what 
let's go through all of it. Let's go through the timeline real quick. Okay. We'll make this not, the mega episode. <laughs> I'm not super interested in Black Widow because uh, I don't know. I mean, I really like Scarlett Johansson, but I don't think that there's a whole lot of meat on that bone. Although no. if they talk about the red uh, center or whatever it's called that makes the Black Widows, I could get into it. But also you're missing so much of Black Widow without Logan and Wolverine because they were lovers. Like it was a really yeah. big part of 1980s X-Men. So um, so I don't know. But then they're doing Falcon and Winter Soldier on the Disney Plus uh, uh, t- Stop, uh, yeah. streaming, streaming service, which I'm okay with. Um, and help me remember to go back to uh, the future of Spider-Man. Um, okay. Because I do want to talk about that after I get through all these. So Eternals, I'm pretty stoked for. Uh, I love that Camille's in there. Like that yes, makes me happy that Camille's getting that Marvel paycheck. That's exactly <laughs> what I said to uh, Mario. I was like, uh, so I saw the the infographic. I sent it to him and, and I, um, from SDCC, and I was like, dude, I'm super stoked that Camille's going to be getting that MCU money. Um, yeah. I'm excited. I know for nothing sh- about the Eternals. Like I really I don't, don't either. <laughs> I, I and I'm not going to do my research yet. Now, I'm going to go into it the same way I did with Guardians. Just wow me and make me be in love with these guys. Right. I'll probably do a little bit of digging, but I don't want to know too much. I'll probably wait for the preview, uh, the trailer, and then I'll do a little bit of research once I, my interest is peaked. Because they fucked up the uh, – the what was the TV show that they fucked up so bad? Um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, it was it was the off offshoot of Agents of Shield, um, and I, I'm blanking on it because I didn't watch it because it was so fucking bad. But um, uh, Shang Chi, I'm excited for because I'm assuming it's going to be a more supernatural Iron Fist. Which yeah, I don't with. I don't know who that is, but Aquafina is supposed to be in it, and I think Aquafina is hysterical. So keep on going with that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> WandaVision on Disney Plus, I really could not give less of a shit about. I mean, I love Elizabeth Olsen. I think that she's a great Wanda, but I also just don't – the Disney Plus stuff is going to be a lot harder sell for me because, one, I'm not going to watch it unless I'm – and somebody has a login or I torrent it. Sorry, Disney. But I'm not going to well, pay for their service. So, so found out also I was blown – because I already knew the price was going to be super low with $4.99. Um, but you also get free Hulu through it as well. Oh, well, then <laughs> that's the thing is we'll probably just cancel our Hulu and then and we'll get the Disney move that Plus. money. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and so it won't, it'll be like a couple bucks more than what we pay in all, all Megan usually pays for our Hulu, but I will pay for that now. Yeah. So she'll just I, I was Netflix. like, I was like, they really know what they're doing trying to just take down that's all these smart. streaming services. Well, that's super <laughs> smart because we won't get rid of Hulu because Handmaid's Tale is on it. Yeah. Now they know what they're doing for sure. Yeah. But yeah, and there's, well, they there's own one it thing. Yeah, there's one thing that's on Disney Plus that I can't wait for you to get to because that's the one I'm most excited about, but keep going. Okay, well, the thing I'm most excited about is May 7th, 2021, where we get Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Which they're saying is going to be their first horror movie, which really has me curious. Well, dude, if it's anybody, it's going to be Doctor Strange, and he's going to be fighting Dormammu um, again, I'm assuming. Um, And I assume that... uh, Oh God! Who's the guy that is like killing off the 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 wizards and the end of the? I can't remember his name. Um, I can't remember. But he yeah. was in he was in Love Actually, and he was in uh, uh, Serenity. You know. But yeah, that's gonna be fucking dope. I'm excited to see that. I love that we are gonna just dive head into this multiverse. Yeah, yeah, and that's what so I want. Cool. Yeah. Because, well, and also. I won't really touch on it. I want to do a discussion next week on uh, Into the Spider-Verse 
because okay. I have a lot of great things to say about it. And I want to kind of talk to you guys about what you liked and didn't like, cause I know you guys had mixed emotions, but super stoked on the way that they're expanding things. And I think that that's how it's cool. How phase four is kind of taking the idea of, um, the multiverse because of Thanos using the gauntlet yeah. and, and going with it. So I'm not excited about Loki. Um, on disney plus because yeah. i really want tom hiddleston to be done yeah so unless they're going but, to cast it i don't really care but then there's something else that's coming to disney plus that i'm fucking all what on if for. what if man dude, <laughs> those were some of the best comic books in the 80s <laughs> that is gonna be and it's gonna be an animated show oh you got cool Jeff, it's jeffrey wright he's the voice of the watcher who's gonna be the crypt oh, keeper for yes! every episode like oh i'm like God. this is gonna be so fucking fun i'm so glad they're bringing the watcher in because i didn't read anything about that yeah no that's like the big like that's the thing i'm really excited about but there's two more still that we have to talk about i don't care about hawkeye. three more i two can more. care less about hawkeye but Lady Thor, Jane, Jane come back, and yeah. Natalie Portman. And I was talking to Mario about it, and he's like, I hate Natalie Portman. I think she's a terrible actress and boring. I'm like, dude, what the fuck are you talking about? I love Natalie Portman. She can yeah. do no wrong in my eyes. That's going to be fucking dope. So and it's also uh, 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 Waitati is going to do it again, yeah. right? Yeah, so he, it's going to be hysterical. And then the really big news, just in case they're lying to us about how horror based dr strange is gonna be we're getting a new fucking blade movie yes oh yes <laughs> with mahershal ali two-time oscar winner mahershal ali <laughs> which is gonna open up more morbius the living vampire probably yeah. they're gonna bring the dark hold from ages of shield in and have the uh dark hold redeemers i mean they it's, could do a whole dark mcu out oh i'm waiting it's it's insane to me as I step away from it and like, look at this, like I, I used to say like 13 year old me would have loved being able to see all of these superhero movies. 13 year old me wouldn't have even thought it was possible for where we've gotten oh, in the cinematic no. universe. Like this is so like deep cut D list characters that are getting this amazing attention. Like this is, and the fact of the matter is that at the end of the day, there's they have such a good track record there's like two movies that they've done that i think were like less than amazing like it's uh, it, it's, it's thor 2 and yeah. age of ultron those are the only yeah. two bad ones and they're not yeah. even that bad they're not even thor 2 is the only one that i really can't watch there's elements that i like about age of ultron a lot more but yeah it's it's insane to have this many movies be this good consistently. Uh, but yeah. we've let we've talked to death while Brian sat silently <laughs> to the side. So let's just wrap it up. That was Cherry Falls from 2000. <laughs> <laughs> In case you forgot, that was also Scott and I geeking out about comic nerd stuff because, you know, that's that's what we do. Um, and you know what? I've been thinking about this as we're getting more and more involved in all this stuff and we're loving what we do and we love this podcasting stuff. If you guys are into us doing a couple more random, like 15, 20 minute bonus episodes on your feed where it's just Scott and I geeking out about a new Marvel movie or like discussing all of a new season of Stranger Things or or Sabrina when it comes out as these little mini sods, I'm down to do it. I'm sure Brian and Scott are down to do it. So like let's let's keep that in the back of our brains for the future. But in the present, we got more stuff coming on. We've got a little movie coming up next week um it's it's you know kind of not as well loved as it is but it's a little creepy 
Uh, and we're going to be talking about that before we dive into listener submit at month the following week. But next week will also be at Creature Feature Weekend. You definitely want to come down and check it out. Scott's going to be cosplaying. I'm going to be hanging out at the table. There's going to be panels that I'm probably hosting. I think the Jersey Ghouls are going to be there hosting some stuff. I know for a fact that uh, if we're able to, we'll be doing a live horror movie night with our good friend Joshua Does Cosplay. Uh, even if we don't get to do a live one, we'll record something in a hotel room. And... You can check out all the cool stuff that's going down on HMNpodcast.com. Hit up our Patreon at patreon.com backslash HMNpodcast. Or you can go to all of our social media, HMNpodcast. So thank you for listening, and we'll be back next week. Bubba bam <laughs> That was fantastic. <laughs>